Hey friend, Heather Creekmore here. Can you believe that your body image issues would not be solved simply by getting the look? Or to take it one step further, by looking like a model. If this is a struggle for you, I get it. But you're going to love today's interview with my friend, Jennifer Strickland. She's an author. She's a TEDx speaker. She's a former model. She's a wife. She's a mom of three. She's the founder of a ministry called You Are More. But y'all... You would recognize Jennifer because for 15 years, she worked as a worldwide print, runway, and commercial model. You might have seen her in Seventeen Magazine, or maybe you saw her on MTV. Friends, she was everywhere. She worked in Milan. She worked for Armani, the names you know, the photo shoots you probably saw. (laughs) She was in them. She lived the life of a model, and yet... It wasn't enough. Today, Jen and I talk about how she found freedom in Christ, freedom from the eating disorder that modeling brought on her, and freedom to find her voice because modeling had robbed her of that. Oh, friends, this is such a good interview. It's the final conversation in our model series, and I cannot wait for you to hear it. But before we go there, just a reminder, our Patreon community is open and there is bonus content from this episode. I asked Jen how a former model teaches her daughter to have healthy body image and to find her identity in Christ and not her looks. You're going to love her answer. So go to patreon.com slash compare to who or go to compare to who.me slash podcast and you can listen to that bonus content just for you. Now here's today's show. Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel his love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compare to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here, the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. Jennifer Strickland, thank you so much for being on the Compared to Who show today. Thanks for having me, Heather. I'm so excited. I love your work. I love your book. I knew you before. <laughs> and it's been incredible to watch your uh, your work really grow and your voice be out there on the issue of body image. I'm so glad you're speaking out on this topic. Oh, thank you. And some of you may recognize Jennifer's name from the cover of Compared to Who because she wrote like the sweetest quote ever about the book. You said, I think it's I should have it memorized, but something about it's like having a sleepover with your best friend or something like that. So it was, it was super sweet. It made the cover. So thank you again for that. But, oh, absolutely. <laughs> but today I want to dig in. We're doing a series talking to former models. And I got to tell you of the models we've talked to, you have the most modeling experience. And I am just excited to hear from you directly and for my listeners to hear what it's really like. And I, I don't want to lead you anywhere, but I've read your books, so I know where you're going. Um, how it doesn't really solve everything to look like 
the girl or the woman, <laughs> because you were both um, in the magazine. So Jennifer, would you start us off today by just giving us your background? Tell us how you got into modeling and what that looked like for you at the height of your career. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, so I got uh, into modeling when I was very young. I think I was about eight years old uh, when my mom sent me to a little charm school in our town. She was hoping to get me some grace and some, you know, get me to stand up straight because I was obviously going to be tall. And in the beginning, it, it was for sure innocent and there didn't seem to be anything wrong with it. It was kind of like I didn't really fit in in the athletic world because I was basically clumsy. <laughs> and so I was very photogenic as a child and started doing TV commercials and magazines and catalogs and so forth. And then at 17 years old, I signed with uh, the Nina Blanchard Agency in Los Angeles, which is now Ford Models L.A., and later on signed with Ford New York and had, you know, ended up having agencies all over the world representing me. It was quite the whirlwind. I was six foot tall when I graduated from high school and I had an academic scholarship. Uh, so I chose to go to USC in Los Angeles so I could, you know, continue my modeling career, really launch it at that point. And, uh, you know, did all kinds of fun things. You know, DoorDash ads, Mercedes-Benz, Oil of Olay commercials, not a drop of oil. Like that was me, you know, and all that. Awesome. But uh, yeah, I I saw so many hurting girls behind the scenes. And I didn't really believe that that was ever going to be me because I was always told you have a good head on your school- shoulders, mm-hmm. you know, you're a straight A student. Uh, I wanted to get into broadcasting, but the modeling industry, it's kind of like, uh, it was just such a world when it sort of sucked me down into the drain, I mm. guess, eventually you would say, uh, I lived with girls with severe eating disorders. Mm. Um, I lived in many countries in Europe, basically the way that the modeling industry works is if, or at least it did back then is, you know, when a girl would graduate high school, they'd send her immediately over to Europe to see if she was going to make it in the business. And, you know, you fill your portfolio with pages from European magazines. So, you know, I worked with in all kinds of magazines, was in store windows. I wasn't famous. I was just a everyday working model, though, mm-hmm. on, a, on a regular basis, um, up for Giorgio Armani campaigns. Like a lot of doors really opened for me. I was the 30, I was Barbie for the 35th anniversary of the doll, uh, which was actually became a low point for me because at that point I, I did begin to struggle with anorexia. Mm. I had seen, like I said, I had lived with girls that had had bulimia. I had lived with girls that had probably some kind of body dysmorphia, you would maybe Mm -hmm. say, Mm -hmm. because they were beautiful and they had beautiful figures, but they would berate their bodies all the time. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it was uh, like, there was a Calvin Klein model that I lived with. Uh, She had like a million dollar contact for contract for Calvin Klein when she was like 14. And by the Mm -hmm. time she was 18, she was just curvaceous. Mm you know, but she would like squeeze her rear end and like scowl in front of the mirror and go on like pineapple diets and cabbage diets. And, you know, there was, there was binging and purging. There was, you know, anywhere from like super skinny girls who ate like burgers and chocolate all the time Mm -hmm. to, 
you know, gorgeous cover Vogue cover models that ate it, ate like out of boxes of spinach, Mm -hmm. you know, frozen boxes of spinach. That's all, you know? Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of unhealthy eating going on, but I would keep coming back for school and I was getting my degree and I would, I would do, you know, like Eddie Bauer and, and, and very in like, like Jordache Converse tennis shoes, like they were sort of wholesome, you know, companies where I could be at pretty much a healthy weight at that time. Mm-hmm. But after I graduated from college is when I went over to Europe and began uh, doing the runway. And I was, you know, I'm a very ambitious girl and I wanted to, you know, make it to that level uh, in the business. And I starved myself to mm-hmm. completely starved myself, um, overdosed fat burners and steam rooms and, you know, ran and ran and ran and ran miles and miles and miles and barely ate all the things right to get on that stage. Mm -hmm. And I remember being surrounded by anorexic girls, uh, doing the Giorgio Armani shows, uh, and, you know, (laughs) I spent a lot of time in his studios in Milan, uh, which is not an easy thing to get to get mm-hmm. into. And I really lost my own sense of self. I became very, very sick. Mm-hmm. My body became so skeletal. I stopped mm-hmm. menstruating. My hair started falling out, mm-hmm. you know, dark circles under my eyes. What's crazy is that was the time I did Barbie. Because mm-hmm. wow. <laughs> they needed a, a, an anorexic girl mm-hmm. to do Barbie. I mean, and I remember them spending like three hours on, uh, my hair and my face to cover up the cystic pimples that were starting on my face, mm-hmm. uh, the dark circles under my eyes, you know, the, mm-hmm. you know, you can only mask so much yeah. the misery that is happening inside. I was also searching for my voice and in that business, you really d- in my experience, I did not have a voice. Mm. Okay. Mm. I do now. And the Lord has really used it. However, at that time I felt locked in a prison of perfection that Mm. I had to look a certain way. And that was what, I mean, that's the job. Let's be honest. Mm. I signed up for it. I'm not a victim to it. My, my parents got me involved in it. We have worked through all of that. But the truth is, is that um, it was very demeaning and degrading Mm -hmm. for me by the end, Mm -hmm. Um, being accepted and rejected based on your appearance, you know, because you go home and then you're like, oh my gosh, I do wrinkle up my nose when I smile. And oh my gosh, I do have extra, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, flesh between my, uh, my inner thighs, you know, I mean, at 17, I never thought about my inner thighs, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, (laughs) Yeah. I was like six foot tall. Like I, I you know, <laughs> but, but, but those things being pointed out, mm-hmm. you know, on a microscope and yeah. then pointing to it, you know? Yeah. So in the beginning that seemed fine, but after I had gotten my education, I was now in Europe. I was considered an older model at like 20, mm-hmm. 22. Um, and seeing the pain that the girls went through, 
being, you know, there would be girls crying, you know, I starved myself for this. I left school for this. I gave up everything. I left my family for this and I'm still not good enough. And I, I, I can still see them in their, you know, skeletal frames crying on the doorstep of the model's apartment. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I really cared about those girls and we were all going one way and another, but um, my career was kind of skyrocketing and I was watching other girls go home, dejected, depressed. And then my sickness, you know, I got sick Mm -hmm. from the anorexia really, and I needed to heal, but I had Armani shows coming up. I went home for Christmas. I gained about four pounds. I went back. Armani kicked me off the stage in front of everybody. It was humiliating because of this little you know, weight I had put on maybe a couple pounds around my waist. And I think he could see that, you know, my beauty or whatever was fading and, you know, beauty really is fleeting. Like Mm -hmm. your appearance changes every day and you don't always look perfect every day. Hey there. Are we email friends yet? If not, why not? What's the holdup? I want to connect with you. I have a brand new five-day body image email challenge. All you have to do is go to compare to who.me and press the red take the challenge button right there on the front page. Sign up and you'll get five days of email encouragement. Really, it's beyond encouragement. I am going to challenge you to think about your body and your body image in a new way. So take the challenge, go to compareto.me. And hey, after you sign up, hang out at compareto.me because I have 500 different blog posts, different articles on all things body image, beauty, aging, mothering, and keeping our kids' body image intact. All the things are there, friends. So go check it out, compared to who.me. You can also find all the old podcast episodes there too. So go to compared to who.me and let's be email friends. I can't wait to connect with you. This was also, by the way, in the days before filters. <laughs> Yeah. You know, so if a girl showed up on a job with a pimple, that was a problem. Mm-hmm. That was a problem yeah. because it was a pain in the butt to, yeah. to edit that out or change the lighting. It was not yeah. simple. And yeah. so, um, you know, I just, I, I spiraled and I thought of, you know, I had suicidal thoughts. I was involved with drugs. I, um, incredibly lonely when, uh, some people reached out to me for Christ on the street, uh, street in Italy, uh, the street again, I mean, random strangers, mm-hmm. like it, the street again in Germany. And, uh, I ended up going to a little church in Germany and, um, those people looked me in the eyes and they, they were like, how's your life going? You know, mm-hmm. and my parents, my family, nothing, not their fault at all, but I mean, they were just collecting all the magazines with their daughter and them looking at the pictures, (laughs) you know, it's, it's so true that, you know, image is so deceiving Mm -hmm. and the magazines, it looked like I was being so successful. They saw me on MTV house of style. Right. Mm -hmm. 
they couldn't imagine that I was actually really suffering Mm -hmm. at that point. And I didn't know how to use my voice. I didn't know how to be honest about some of the things I saw behind the scenes that were very, um, uh, 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 insensitive towards young, young women. And, and our, our, there, there was no, there, there was no um, protection of, and, and some, and let me tell you, there was probably, there was a lot of good agents and photographers that were good people, mm-hmm. but it was the 10% that weren't, mm-hmm. that were extremely damaging yeah. on our value. And because you're so young, you mm-hmm. just believe the lie. I am what they say about me. I, I Mm -hmm. am what I see in the mirror. And that, as you know, is fleeting. Yeah. And I don't even know because you're so young in that situation, but I think there's a lot of women listening today. that are like, Oh, is that only a young person problem? Because I still look in the mirror and I still wonder if, you know, if I am just what people see of me. So I think that's, that's very relatable. But the other thing, I mean, you and I are pretty close in age And so for me on my side, thinking Mm -hmm. about how many times I probably saw you in a magazine and had the thought, if I looked like her, then I would be free. If I could just be someone that was chosen for that, then I could be free. And what I love about the opportunity to have this conversation with you is to expose the lie, like that is just a lie of the enemy, right? That we're, we're never going to be free by getting the look, right? Even those who have the look don't always have the look, right? So, so oh yeah, different. completely. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. That's yeah. The rejection that these experience, they, 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 like when people look at the images, they, they don't, they do not understand what is happening behind the scenes. Often there's a, there's an absent, absent father. There, there, there is a, you know, alcoholic mother like when you live with the models you understand oh wow you did give up school for this and oh goodness your parents did ship you off to another country at 16 or 17 years old and there 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 is a hand lost in a girl's life Mm -hmm. when that happens in other words Mm -hmm. that hand of protection is is not present Mm -hmm. and there are a lot of vultures in the modeling industry And so there were girls really compromising their value and, you know, they would do things that they never thought that they would do to get the approval Mm -hmm. of a photographer. And I watched this and, um, I saw it, I saw the impact. And I think it's just what you're saying. It is just a mirror image of the world, Mm -hmm. the values of the world. The values of the world say you're, you know, a man defines you, the mirror, you know, human Mm -hmm. beings define how, you know, you're pretty, you're ugly, you're popular, bad, you know, whatever it is that people, Mm -hmm. kids say to each other at school or, you know, that we get our identity, what people say about us, that's super damaging. Or even in a marriage, you know, I'm my husband, you know, whatever it is that man gives us our worth is a really, really, I mean, the Bible says, you know, you'll live in a parched places of the desert. If a man defines you and the Bible also says that the mirror is a poor reflection 
You know, it yeah. says that it, it looks like a clear reflection. But it's actually a poor reflection because your appearance is always changing and yeah. it's, you're going to to dust. We shall return. I mean, we both right. know we're always going to change, right? <laughs> so when you base your identity on something that's always changing, you wonder why you're so fragile. Right. And right. that's so good. <laughs> so good. So, okay. So you found, you found Christ through those street, for those street, um, street witnesses, which is awesome. Um, he found me basically. He, found- he went after me. That that's, <laughs> that, that's, that's very true. So what did recovery look like for you, Jen? I mean, Oh gosh. Like, so you had ED recovery, sure. right? And then just the healing of having oh, your identity be your appearance. Like how, mm. I mean, you just flipped a switch and you were fine. Right. Is that, that's the way it worked. <laughs> um, you know, I had a, re- I had a very sort of, uh, like a spiritual rebirth basically, uh, when, um, I encountered Christ and his love for women and reading the Bible for the very first time living over in Europe, still modeling. Um, it gave me the strength and the people I met on the street too, which I talk about in my first book, girl, perfect. Cause if anyone's unsure, like, well, you know, will God ever reach my daughter? Just read girl. Perfect. Like I'm telling you, she will hunt her down. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what happened with me. And so I had all these angels following me around, you know what I mean? I didn't even know it, but, um, they gave me the courage to walk away, um, from the business. But when I walked away, I was, I was, I was very sick mm-hmm. and, um, Gosh, stomach problems, skin problems. Oh, mm-hmm. my skin problems went on for years. The cystic acne went on for mm-hmm. years. And and I think part of it was, uh, gosh, just the hormonal changes mm-hmm. on my body. Mm-hmm. And it was, and then there was this other part that was my fear of speaking up and mm-hmm. really telling the truth. Mm-hmm. And I remember, um, I had two different situations. I had a, I had a dermatologist who told me that my issue with my cystic acne, because at late years later, it was covering my face. Mm. I'm telling you, um, they said that, uh, my issue with my, the cystic acne, the, the guy, the dermatologist actually showed me a picture of the skin and the ventricles that go to the mind and the heart. Okay. And he said, your issue is so deep. It is in the mind and it is in the heart. Wow. And he knew nothing about me, nothing wow. that I was ever in the modeling industry. At that point I was a, a mom. I was married, you know, a young married, but I was having this, you know, I'm like skin problem. I'm like, make it go away. But yeah. he says to me, your issue is so deep. It's, it's, it's in the mind and in the heart. And you have some kind of belief that you have to be perfect. And I just broke down crying. I left that place with nothing, no prescription, no Mm -hmm. cream. I mean, this was a world renowned dermatologist, Murad. I'll tell you who it was. Uh And, and, and no, no, I didn't walk home with a lotion, with a prescription. Wow. You need to do is stop looking in the mirror. Wow. And do what you love. That's yeah. this. So I went on a 40 day fast from looking in the mirror. Uh-huh. Um, and that is when, I mean, 
really like the girl perfect study guide, my book, like uh-huh. all the stuff came. Cause he said, I want you to do what you love. And I began writing and, uh-huh. and reading the word and studying the word and what it says about beauty and body image and everything like that. And I remember for like, like almost being done with the fast and dropping my son off at preschool. And I had not looked in the mirror for almost 40 days. Uh-huh. And his preschool teacher was like, Jen, you look radiant. What have you been doing? Wow. (laughs) The Bible says those that look to him are radiant. So it, it was, it was years of, of learning to break free from the lies that I believed about the mirror and challenges like that, that came up years later. Um, it was counseling. Um, I still am a strong believer in the power of therapy to get to our, you know, fears and insecurities and let's, let's, let's deal with them even now. Mm-hmm. Amen. You know, let's have some even now, um, years of believing that, you know, um, man defined me, um, that wasn't, wasn't healthy, mm-hmm. you know, that I could be, a uh, much, and also my husband, you know, he really encouraged me to tell my story and to talk about the ways that I had been hurt yeah. because that was, there was kind of a code of silence, I think maybe mm-hmm. in my parents' generation where it was like, we just don't talk about, those hard things. And so they sort of had inherited that from their parents, like a generational thing. And it it was, so it was a very brave thing kind of for me Mm -hmm. to say, Hey, it wasn't just what you saw in the pictures. Mm -hmm. And that took a lot of emotional upheaval also with my family and my relationships and my parents, because it wasn't not to make them feel guilty. It was to make them feel aware. Mm -hmm. And so now they're huge supporters of our ministry Um, but you know, my husband was super instrumental, my friendships, um, writing, writing my books. I mean, when I wrote, I wrote the three book series for harvest house, beautiful lies Mm -hmm. and more beautiful than, you know, for teen girls, pretty from the inside out for preteens. Like I did it for like all three, you know, generations or age groups, Mm -hmm. writing those books and Bible studies over and over and over and over having to edit them. And, you know, these, it is true that actually reroute your brain to the truth of the way that God sees you. So while I was trying to do something for other women and girls, the Lord was doing a huge work in me to teach me who I am in his eyes. Yeah. I love that. And I mean, every woman I coach, so this is going to not be a surprise for you if you're one of my current coaching clients, but at the end, I'm like, you need to tell me three women that, you know, are struggling with this and you need to make it a mission to just start having a conversation with them about where you are in this journey. Because I think there are so many women locked up (laughs) in this issue. And, and like you said, staying quiet about it, right. Partially because they believe it's a personal issue and that no one would understand. And, you know, the enemy convinces us that we're the only one who struggles like this, right. We're the only one who struggles this way, but, but I think exactly the course you took, even if you're listening today and you're like, well, I'm not going to start a ministry like she did. That's okay. You can just talk to your sister or talk to your friend at church and start sharing with her the journey you're on. And you can be instrumental in helping someone else find freedom. And I think that's how we keep our freedom, quite frankly. Right. I mean, it's not like, yeah. Jesus gives us the freedom, right? So, so it's not 
like we really, you know, but, but I think that's how we personally keep our hearts free is by sharing the story that God has given us. So I, I think that that's awesome, Jen. And now your ministry, you are more, just tell everyone a little bit about that. Cause I know you're in the prisons, you're in the schools. Yeah. It's just been really fun. I mean, again, you know, I never really started out to have a ministry either, by the way, I just, I felt compelled to tell my story to help other, you know, women and girls. And I just want to, before I talk about you or more, I just want to say to you what you're so, you're so right about what you're saying, because when we're vulnerable about you know, when we're vulnerable about our body image struggles, and at the same time, we make a determined to be the best we can be in the skin that we're in, you know? So anyways, I love that because vulnerability and accountability and being the best that we can be in the skin that we're in getting our eyes off of other women and thinking, how can I make, like, how can I take care of my body as a temple today? Like what you're doing is so good. I love that you stayed completely in that vein. Um, but yeah, you're more, we do a lot of things. Um, but most of all, we teach women and girls, their value, identity, and purpose in Christ, what I call their VIP status in the eyes of God. Um, so their value is God's beloved daughters that they're worth rescuing and we're fighting for, and that mm-hmm. he's going to chase after them. And also their identity, uh, you know, yeah. that their body is a temple, that they're holy, that they're uh, a light to the world. And so that's really what my books and Bible studies are for is really teaching them their, their value, identity, and purpose. And so we, you know, we kind of go where the spirit takes us, you know, right now we're doing some work in the women's prisons because the truth is you, you would be a good speaker, by the way, for the women. <laughs> um, most of them are not getting enough exercise. Most of them are not, not getting enough sunshine. That's the mm-hmm. process of the criminal justice system is to push them down. And, mm-hmm. um, and so we try to go in there and put on an event to lift them up mm-hmm. and to introduce them to their savior or mm-hmm. reignite that fire inside of them that they're yeah. worth caring for and we're yeah. standing up for and that they can start again. Yeah. So we do that in schools and women's events and podcast, you know, whatever God yeah. brings to my plate, I try to make room for it. <laughs> awesome. awesome. Okay. Oh, so one last question, because okay. I know someone's listening saying, how did she go 40 days without looking in the mirror. And I've, I've recommended that women go a mirror fast, but I have some ways that I suggest it. So how did you do it? Can you kind of give us a little bit more information there? Like after you brush your teeth, did you not look at all? I know crazy, huh? I can't believe it. Makeup, nothing. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. Did you yeah, wear makeup so, or you just know where it goes? Not, not, not really. Not really. <laughs> a little, a little bit because okay. I did have such terrible cystic acne. And sometimes there was times I had to leave the house. So basically, um, I would wake up in the morning. I would put in my contacts and like super dim lighting. Uh-huh. I would, I would wash up and do moisture, but I would not look at okay. all. I would spend mm-hmm. time in the word. Um, Gosh, I just averted my eyes. Yeah. I, I, I averted my eyes. I may, I, I, I was bare bones, simple about the, the, the messy bun or the quick ponytail and the, you know, maybe like, you know, a tiny bit of moisturizer or, you know, tinted something. I stopped trying to cover the acne mm-hmm. and I had a conversation with my family and which I said, okay, 
mommy is more than her skin. Cause my kids were saying they were little, mm-hmm. you know, and they would say, what's wrong with mommy's skin? Like what's, mm-hmm. what's that on your face? Right. Cause little kids will be like, what's that huge pimple? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I can't, I'm already struggling. Where's it? You know, <laughs> but obviously God was trying to teach me some, something yeah. and he was breaking me from something. And, you know, maybe I had not struggled as much. I, 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 I you know, fluctuate with my weight, but I had not struggled with the kind of weight gain that a lot of women struggle with. And so I'm grateful that I had an experience in which I was so ashamed mm-hmm. of what I saw in the mirror. Mm-hmm that I had to find my identity from, from, from the Lord, from something else. And so I would also change like, like the rear view mirror, you know, how you like check right before you Uh go in Uh the rear view mirror. I noticed like that I would glance at the reflection and car windows when I would walk by, Mm -hmm. I would, and I didn't realize I was doing that. I didn't realize how fixated I was on, you know, my appearance. And so I began averting, I I averted my eyes Mm -hmm. basically. Yeah. That's so good. good. That's so good. I think that's super helpful. I I think if you are listening today and you're like, I should probably do that. I am mirror checking all the time. Go for it. (laughs) That's your word from the Lord. Go for it because you are so much more than your reflection. Jennifer, you've got like what? Seven, eight books. How many you got now? Oh my goodness. And I'm writing another one. Okay. (laughs) I've contributed to another one, but so yeah, we rattle Uh, off, rattle off their titles and I'll put the link in the show notes, but please do. I would love that. So girl perfect is my first book We're we're updating it now and about to re-release it. So I'm super excited about that. And uh, that was my life story. Mm -hmm. Uh, Beautiful, beautiful lies is um, a really powerful book on identity in Christ. And actually that's the one where I write about my fast from the mirror and it provides a Bible study to do while you're doing that fast, which I really recommend. Um, And then more beautiful than, you know, is my teen, my favorite book for teen girls, uh, it's got 30 days of devotions in the back. And again, about beauty, body image value and pretty from the inside out. It's my PG book, uh, mm-hmm. for preteen girls. And then I wrote my crazy brave book, <laughs> your R oh, book, yeah, my, <laughs> my 20, yeah. Rated R book for teenage girls sort of now, don't, don't worry, moms. you know, 21 miss even good girls believe about sex and that I'm in there. Has, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's a book that anything that sex t- touches, whether it's pregnancy or same sex attraction or dating or marriage or STDs, it's in there. Abortion, yeah. healing, all of that stuff yeah. is in 21 Miss. Um, and then yeah. contributed to the invitation, which is a, which is a women's, a women's book. So awesome. a devotional book. yeah, yeah. I think it's my purity coming out of purity culture story. That's in your 21 Miss book. I'm trying to that- remember. That's I think that's right. what it is. Yeah. That's sex after right. purity culture. Yeah. I forgot that we did that together. Yeah. yeah I, I really love 21 Miss because it was my opportunity to sort of reach outside of my experience and my mm-hmm. story and have other women tell their stories. Uh, and um, I'm hoping that it's going to, um, we're going to get it more in the pregnancy resource centers and things like that, like sororities and, you know, and girls, because, you know, uh, sexuality and body image are, 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 are linked. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. And so understanding the value of the human body and how it's connected to your soul and how what happens in the body impacts the soul mm-hmm. is really the concept. And it's and 21 Myths is also built around the concept of Song of Solomon and the beauty of sex as God designed it and the freedom of that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Well, I put all these links in show notes and where can people connect with you? You are more Instagram or yeah, Instagram, uh, Jennifer Strickland dot you are more. And that's the letter U, the letter R M O R E also on Facebook. Yeah. My website is youarmore.org. And so you are more than what you see in the mirror. So I'm just so happy for what you're doing. And I will definitely be sending uh, women your way. I'm so excited about your coaching program. That's really good to know about because we have women who come to our ministry or my friends that can benefit from that. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Send it my way. I love coaching. It's fun. (laughs) So good. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jennifer, thank you so much for your time today and for sharing your story. And I hope that everyone listening will connect so they can learn more. Cause I, I loved reading your books. I mean, especially your, your life story book. That was, that was eye-opening for me at a time when I needed my eyes open. So thank you for that. I'm so glad. Well, thank you for watching or listening today. I hope something in today's episode has helped you stop comparing and start living. Bye-bye. today's show blessed you may i ask a huge favor leave a review on your favorite platform seeing your five star reviews is a huge encouragement to me not sure how to do it you can go to compare to who.me slash podcast scroll to the bottom and you'll find all the information and while you're at compare to who.me check out some of the more than 500 articles on there about body image comparison all the things you're thinking about. Plus, you can find out more about my books or you can grab a time for a free 10-minute call to see if coaching is right for you. I'm so honored to be a part of your journey out of body image and comparison frustration. And I can't wait to hear how God is working to set you free. Hello, this is Dr. Doug Grotheis, host of Truth Tribe, where we seek the truth through reason and evidence about what matters most. And we are not tribal since truth is for everyone. Please join me at the Truth Tribe as I discuss the reasons for Christian faith, the Christian worldview, and moral issues such as abortion and gender ideology. To listen now, go to lifeaudio.com or search Truth Tribe on your favorite podcast app.